0: Okay, so what, um, I'm having some issues with my password <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, and I
0: don't want to reset it because my, great. my, my, uh, my Mac side knows the password and I don't want to fuck it all. So, what, what's on the agenda tonight? <laughs> I think we were talking about, you know, here, fairies here, and, unicorns. and unicorns.
2: Fairies and unicorns? Yeah, oh, yeah.
3: Here, Dan, I, I will, uh, stop the uh, I will Dude, take you. <laughs> like so oh, that's good. Guys, uh, yeah, so <laughs> oh, here's the thing. What are we talking about? <laughs>
0: RC version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 234. Justin is off doing Rocket Scientists. stuff. Things. Yep. Nerd stuff. <laughs> Nick. You guys want to share here. some data? He wants to share some data with some folks tonight. And he's gonna be doing that <laughs> instead of talking. He's got a bunch of data. It's just so important. So he's off doing that. And uh we're holding down the fort. Uh, it's been a good week for me I'll tell you that much <laughs> I like that just <laughs> <think>. <laughs> it's been a very relaxing week uh and I had some good flying experiences this week and uh, Jesse why don't you go first well, and then I'll tell everybody I was just gonna say are
3: not you gonna tell us about it no, you I'm, gonna, want, I'm gonna, are
0: gonna, it, gonna it's what we call a teaser in the biz oh see what we see what they did in there
3: yeah. Yeah, I'm really not all that intrigued, though, but okay. Oh, Sounds this like this high school of, to me. <laughs> it's worth a try, I guess. If the, You might want to cross that one off your tactics Will list you for next week.
0: go out Yes or no? Yeah. We'll, all right. passing notes. Go
3: ahead. Much like Dan, I also had a pretty exceptional weekend. Um, weekend, weekend. There was lots of flying. There was some carnage. There was some wrenching. And then there was some more flying. So, first off... I I believe it was Friday afternoon. So I think as Dan kind of mentioned last week, Dan was in town. And so the three of us went out to the field after Nick and I got off work on Friday, because some of us do have to work, Mm -hmm. unlike others of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it was probably 4.30, 5 o'clock before we finally made it out to the field. So pretty typical day. The weather was, I think the the weather was actually pretty decent on Friday. Oh, yeah. Uh, not too windy if I remember correctly and so we were just banging out the flights um it was a lot of fun I was getting in quite a few flights and honestly just you know coming off of the Othello fun fly so getting into quite a few flights the weekend before and just honestly kind of starting to feel like you're getting that consistency back you know flying multiple weekends back to back and just working on helis and just you know kind of feeling like full swing summer's here flying season's here um so it felt really good, and that's probably the most comfortable and confident um, going out Friday that I had felt flying in quite some time. Um, I noticed, you know, starting to fly a little bit harder, fly a little bit lower. Some of the maneuvers that I had been pushing to get back, like the uh, pirouetting loops and pirou columns and stuff like that, was were all of a sudden, you know, kind of starting to click. Um, so overall, Friday started off really, really good with. Just having a blast out at the field hanging out with the guys. So throughout the course of the evening, I probably got in five flights on the Protos and then a handful of flights on the Nitro. And so everything up to this up until this one particular flight had been going really, really well. Um, Helios were flying great and performing as expected. So went up to the flight line with the Protos. And, you know, I hadn't had any issues the entire day and took the heli up off the ground, side in, and then went to do, and I know this is going to key off some people, an aggressive takeoff. Oh, (laughs) really? Went full collective to do. I, I So I was, so I brought the heli off the ground, went side in, full collective, it's fully spooled up, and then did kind of an aggressive little mini loop. And right. As I started to take off and really punch into the collective, guess what happens? The motor freaking shuts off. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) After, I mean, how do you diagnose something like this, right? It's after all the, every single flight at Othello was successful, probably 10, 12 flights on the model, all successful, not a single hitch the entire weekend. And then you bring this forward to Friday. Also five, six flights, completely successful, not a single incident, not even once. And then it's just like out of the blue, you go to fly the helicopter and the thing shuts off on me. So right as I started to feed into the pitch was when you know the motor completely shut off 100%. And Obviously, when you're at full collective, the head speed is going <laughs> to dissipate extremely quickly. Please off fast. So, very pass. fast. All of a sudden, you're like 2000 RPMs and I can count blades. And so it did go in pretty hard. You know, most of the time when this has happened in the past, I was still low to the ground, just doing like an aileron roll takeoff or something a, a little bit l- where the heli stayed lower this time. You know, I shot it up into a little mini loop. So I was probably 20, 30 feet off the ground when this thing, um, when, you know, the blades completely stopped. So it, it did take a pretty good fall, got out to the heli and man, it, it, it did suck. It took out, you know, the blades lower frame. Once I got home and kind of did a little bit more diagnosing, it took out the boom, the tail hub, um, a couple ball links, push rods, um, so yeah, just just in general, kinda, kind of a bummer, which this was the first time that this had actually caused any real damage. In the past, it had just been, you know, a couple of ball links, push rods, really cheap stuff, just pop it off, make up a new link and, you know, good to go, snap it back on. But this time it got a little bit more. So now I'm kind of thinking, well, crap, I really thought I'd got this figured out with the whole grounding the boom. You know, this is still Nick's motor that I'm flying in there. Really just kind of scratching my head. So this time, though, I remembered, okay, wait, I know that we can plug the field programmer into the hobby wing, into the port that it has on the side, thinking maybe we can get a little, you know, some answers out of this thing. So brought it back to Nick's trailer. He grabbed his field programmer. We tried to plug it into the side, and it would not connect to the speed controller.
2: Dun, dun, dun.
3: I think it sat there. What We let it sit for like 30 seconds, trying to yep. see if it would find sure if it, it. would maybe connect so at this point i'm chalking it up to a hobby wing 160 issue I'm not saying it's not a great speed controller but that particular copy i got wasn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah was lame, so, man i was i was, it, it, I was bumming for you yeah it's just it's just one of those things where it's like so inconsistent and that's what makes it so difficult to troubleshoot and i really was given it the benefit of the doubt because as you guys know i swapped out every other component oh yeah i've resoldered, i've tempt every i mean i've done my due diligence to try to cross off everything in that electrical system on this helicopter so at this point in time that is my 100 final verdict so that you know friday evening or i guess finish out friday i just put a bunch more flights on the nitro so it didn't didn't hang me up it just gave me an opportunity to put that many more flights and that many more tanks of fuel on that ys 96 so that all flew, you know everything flew great to get me through friday so Saturday night i decided to you know, weather was looking decent on sunday so i decided you know what I still have this castle 120 speed controller sitting here and receiver pack set up I'm just gonna throw that on this helicopter so I can at least go fly on Sunday. And the castle has a little cooling fan, basically the exact setup I was running on the E7. So tore down the Proto's. Got luckily I had all the parts: tail boom, lower frame, backup set of blades, back to the rail six ninety sixes, and the tail hub. And so I had all the parts to fix the Proto's. Got it completely back together. Just had to solder up a little EC3 connector for the receiver pack, which. I gotta say, is really really simple on this helicopter with the power bus, because there is a perfect spot to stash those little receiver packs right underneath the main battery, and then with the power oh, bus, that's right. I can those just those little teeny teeny tiny ones, huh? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Shut up. No, they, <laughs> dude, they're just, dude, they, they're they are they're sketchy. They're they're eight hundred fifty milliamps with like only twenty two gauge leads, twenty gauge leads coming out of it. I hot glued them all up, put, you know, a ton of hot glue in the EC3 connector and then a ton of hot glue where the wires actually go into the heat shrink on the receiver pack. Yeah. So it got looks it supported. Good. I'll admit. It looks... It no, it,
2: passes it definitely my is really... It,
3: it's really clean. Um, and then with having the power bus, you know, you, I can just run the wires right up to the front of the helicopter, tapped them right into the power bus and didn't have to change any of my wiring from there back. So from that aspect, really quick... Swap, uh, really clean setup still. And then that brings me to Sunday. So for Sunday, weather wasn't quite as good, a little bit windy, but still really good day out at the field. And lo and behold, everything flew great. So Castle 120, now I am going to say it's probably... Just a little bit undersized for this heavy of a helicopter. Now switching from the Hobbywing 160 with the internal BEC to the Castle 120 with the speed contr- with a uh, receiver pack. That did save me about 100 grams by going back to the Castle 120. So, you know, roughly a quarter of a pound there. But then at the same time, a couple weeks ago, I had also ordered that um, new ultralight frame, the lower frame for the Protos. Mm-hmm. which is advertised to be a hundred grams lighter. And I did, before I installed it on the, on the helicopter, I did in fact weigh it out and it was 101 grams lighter than the original lower frame that comes with the kit. So that is a 100% accurate um, weight and it really will save you a quarter of a pound by going with that ultralight frame. So thankfully I didn't install that thing a Couple of days before that, because then I would have been really pissed uh, when I st- cr- <laughs> <laughs> crashed my like, you know, yes, guess what I did, guys? Installed the, the ultra light frame and then just destroyed it after one day. But yeah, so overall, I mean, I'm probably looking at a 12 and a half pound helicopter here, just just under 12 and a half pounds. So going back to the rail 696s, up in the head speed up a little bit and dropping a half a pound, um, it actually flew pretty well right there. And the Castle 120 was, uh, it seemed extremely happy. Definitely. I would say the cooling fan was required, but with the cooling fan on there, perfectly acceptable temperatures at the end of the flight. And with jumping back over to the V-bar governor and doing a little bit of tuning and tweaking, but I'm um, pretty comfortable tuning that. So you know, no issues flight performance wise. And yeah, Sunday was just, another solid day at the field and really just kind of piggybacked again off of Friday with just getting that confidence back. And really I can see now that's what it's going to take to get back to that flying level. I've kind of come to terms a little, um, come to terms with the fact, you know, it's not feasible to get back to the sim every single night. It is feasible a couple times a week, which I'm still not doing, but I think even more important than that, I'm realizing that just the consistency Getting out to the field and putting in those quality flights is what's gonna, what is what's really gonna bring you back to that point um, where I was. So, and that was definitely apparent on Sunday. Just kind of keep the ball rolling. So, I'm really excited right now. With uh, you know, we're still at the beginning of summer, and I'm already kind of feeling good about where with the uh, the direction I'm headed with the flying. And so, there's still plenty of summer left, and lots of time to get in. Lots more flying. so. Sweet. Yeah, and then this last week, I haven't had to touch anything because everything flew great on Sunday, so it's just sitting there ready to go. Nice. But solid week. I wish every week was like that. <laughs> With flying season in full swing, in midsummer right around the corner, one of the most important things to me is getting parts quickly. There's absolutely nothing worse than being out at the field all weekend, banging out the flights only to end the weekend with a crash, and to know that you might not be able to get the parts in time to have your heli ready for next weekend. I always look for parts at LowerHeli.com, as they have excellent customer service and of course, fast shipping. I know that as soon as I place an order, Ken is on it. So for all your parts needs, be sure to check out LowerHeli.com.
0: That's me.
3: It's all you, dude.
0: So yeah, nothing really big happened this week.
2: Whatever. Don't even (laughs) play it off. Do not (laughs) even play it off.
0: So I uh, jumped on the motorcycle and headed out to Nick's. And, uh, you know, we got some buddy boxing in, right? A little bit of buddy boxing. Oh, a little? (laughs) Just a little bit. I don't even remember the total. Somewhere, what, 25-ish, 30-ish?
2: I think we're somewhere right around 30 over the course of the weekend.
0: So we get to, um, I get over to Nick's and, uh, brought some good weather with me. Kind of a little bit. It was raining. Good enough.
3: For the most part.
0: Yeah. I ended up in a torrential downpour my way to Nick's. I got stranded about 16 miles away from his house. Like, dude, um, it's like tsunami weather out here. (laughs) So we had to wait for the rain to quit. Got to Nick's and we just kind of hung out. Um, started, uh, Talking about the buddy boxing thing and uh, one thing led to another and Friday, it was Friday night we headed out after you finished work, right? Wasn't it? Yep. Yes, it had to have been. Yep. So we um, kind of working off of the, uh, you know, the buddy boxing at Othello where I kind of realized that I did remember how to do some of this stuff. um, Decided to, I guess, take it one step further (laughs) and uh, start working on some stuff that I'd you know, a few of the things that I've tried and never actually were was able to complete. Uh, in particular, inverted uh, circles, right? Yep. Uh, more importantly, the one that I think I got um, really caught up and wrapped up in was the half flips
2: yeah, yeah, we went Friday. We just did the inverted circuits and a lot of just general comfort stuff. Turn, remember, forcing you to turn. Oh, yes,
0: yes, yes. Because I kept turning away from myself.
2: Yep. No matter what. Like, no matter where the hell he was at, he would turn away from himself. And we we saw, like, I noticed a pattern of you were getting quite far out there.
0: I was playing that 570, like it was like a 900.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I'm like, dude, if it's out there and you get to the end, left and right, you need to turn in. To help bring it back, I don't
1: want to. <laughs> I
0: it was, said it just like that too. Yeah, it's like <laughs> but it's I don't want to turn it. <laughs> so I didn't. We try. We tried. No, maybe we didn't. No, because then the sim came into it That's on right. Saturday. Yeah. So, but anyway, we had a really good. It was a really good day, and I I was able to. You know, I the, the five seventy. We talked about the three eighty, and we did fly the three eighty actually. Yep. Right? What do uh, you think about that? I, I didn't even finish the full flight. I told you to take it back about three quarters <laughs> of the way through. Hated it. <laughs> Just like, eh. I guess it's cool for some people, but uh, so you know, the big thing for me on Friday was uh, we, you know, we were talking again about the 380 versus the 570, and uh, I had pretty much convinced myself I was going to get a 380, and Nick was like, ah, you got to hold on until we get to Othello. At least you can fly the 570, see what you think. And then kind of make a decision and um uh the heli flies it just reminds me of the old days when everyone would say, Oh, I think flies just like a fifty. You know what I mean? Whenever they were talking about a helicopter. That ninety fly or that fifty flies like a ninety, mm-hmm. For you for you younger guys, that's what we used to call six hundreds and seven hundreds. Fifties and nineties. You remember those days, don't you Nick?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, so, I had a Fury 61. I definitely days? remember those days.
0: Jesse, you probably don't remember. Yeah, I'm not not
3: ringing a bell. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> but as, as weird as, you know, we used to say that this is exactly what the 570 felt like. And Nick's 570 is a, you know, it's a poor color, I think, for anybody uh, because it's white, you know.
2: Yeah, the black and the white.
0: And that was a little, I guess, worrisome for me. But. I gotta, t- I gotta tell you, um, I just didn't seem to struggle with orientations with that thing, uh, no matter what, uh, and and that's those colors are not good for me. So I would assume that the five seventy in a brighter, more poppy color is going to work really well for me. So that's kind of what we decided to do. We're going to get into five seventy here, short. Sure. So yes. So moving on into the, into the week, we. Um, was it Sunday we went back to the field? Cause that, yeah, because oh, wow. Saturday we got skunked. We got skunked on
2: Saturday with the yeah. weather. That's so right. weather we, was no good. We did some podcast stuff and just dinked right. around. Did a little bit of wrenching and then and the, oh and then Saturday night, I was like I I kind of joked I was like so uh, what do you want to try tomorrow? Like let's try something fun. And I said did, did you actually ever try a half parrot flip? And he's
0: like, "Nah, I never tried it." Well, I did try it once years ago, but it was by—I had no idea if it was the right. I have—I in my mind, I thought I was trying it, but I probably wasn't. I don't know, but it was sloppy, and I only did it once because it almost ended in disaster.
2: Yeah, and so Dan's all like, "Dude, no, man, I—I'm I, so <laughs> far away from that." I said, "Okay, that's it. Fire up the sim, and there's my next." My next shameless V-Control plug sim is freaking awesome on that thing. Not having to worry about, oh, let me go find my SIM cord or my SIM cable or whatever. So, because that's all he brought with him was his V-Control. Yep. So really all you need in life. Yeah. We put you on the sim. I gave you a little bit of direction. And how long did you sim for that night?
0: I was roughly an hour, I think.
2: Yeah, probably the longest time you've ever simmed in your
0: life. (laughs) And it was working on one thing. Yeah. One thing only.
2: And I, for the record, I
0: got him started maybe
2: 15 minutes working on it. And then I walked away. I mean, I went and did other stuff. And you sat there by yourself, like, just simming and simming and simming. And I came back on that last 10 minutes. You remember that? I do. <laughs> He's like, "Well, I'm just I'm just not quite we were working on the back half of it cuz he was already getting the front half fine." And boy, he freaking nailed one. I came up out of my chair. I was like, <laughs>
0: "What?" And then I was like, "I don't know how I did that." <laughs> and you know, that's and we're going to talk a little bit about this uh today uh tonight when uh, later in the show, but you know, that's the one thing is, is, um, I, I guess in a, in a theoretical viewpoint, I kind of, I kind of understood what I needed to do with the sticks, but making it happen and making it come together and, uh, building those neural pathways of muscle memory to make that happen was, it's just so hard. It, it's like, uh, I was like, I mean, my brain was really starting to get cloudy. It's like, dude, you just got to, you got to stop. You got (laughs) to, you have to stand up and go do something else because I just wanted to nail it. I wanted to get it. I wanted, and I didn't care if it looked perfect. I wanted it to be smooth. I don't, I didn't care if it stayed in one spot. Didn't care if it lost a lot of altitude. I just wanted it to resemble what I see these guys doing all the time in some form or fashion. And I kind of felt like on the sim, I was getting that. Oh like, yeah, at least the first half, you know. Um, which leads us into Sunday. Um, we got there and uh, had a little interaction with some local people, and Nick's going to talk about that here in a minute. But uh, we got uh, got got the helis in the air and proceeded to do some buddy boxing, and I just tried it and. You know, it's, it, it was like at first it, it just wasn't working and I would correct and come out of it and recover. And as the flights were progressing, as we were getting more flights on, I was starting to notice that, you know, one time out of a flight, I would have one that would resemble. And then a couple of flights down, it was two times out of a flight and something, it would start to look decent. And then actually kind of what tied it together, strangely enough, was Jesse stood, came up and was standing behind us and he's, he's, you know, and he was noticing that I was just trying to go straight into it from a hover, Mm -hmm. which is a little unnatural maybe because it's kind of part of that transition thing, right? Like the heli's moving. And Mm -hmm. he he suggested that I should, you know, fly, you know, tail end towards myself and then just try to go into it. And the first try doing that, (laughs) it, it just was butter. I mean, it, it was butter. It looked really smooth. It was perfect. It was perfect. It was perfect. really good. And um, that really, I guess, you know, we talk about that that click. And I don't want to say that it clicked completely because I know I still have to struggle with it. But for that moment in time, I, did, I was able to do a few of them right in a row. And um, it was working. And it felt, it was feeling really good. I that's you know I am no under no illusion that uh, when I get out like tomorrow I'm going to go flying. When I get out to the field, I'm just going to be able to bust right into where I was. It's going to be, you know, it's going to take some time. I'm I'm okay with that. But at least uh, <laughs> at least I'm working on it because this week sums up more progression probably that I've had in the last four years. Just in two days of flying. And you know, just having the, you know, the confidence that someone's right, right there to 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 pick up the, <laughs> the the really bad decisions while flying, should the case happen. But you know, as much I was thinking about that, but but looking back, and you know, we actually talked about this at while we were buddy boxing. Is um, Nick never had to re- had to recover for me?
2: I I was actually at the point where I had a lawn chair out there. I spent the majority of my time in a lawn chair with my left index finger on the body box button. And that was it. Like, I didn't even know. I wasn't even holding onto to the transmitter with both hands. Because he just, he had it.
0: Yeah, I was able to recover and not get panicky when shit started to go pear-shaped you know
3: mm-hmm. well that's the, that's the other thing with you know the half peril flip and learning it is you had a recovery plan or a bailout for any orientation that you could have come out of that maneuver you were comfortable saving the heli and had a you know had a plan to bail out and get back to upright tail end
0: yeah it was great i mean the only time nick had to recover was when i told him to and um basically i you know most likely i could have pulled it out but it, i was flying his his heli and if it would have been mine, I probably would have fought it tooth and nail, and most likely come out ahead. But I just didn't want to risk it. So, and that—that's a nice. It was very, oh man, and to, to think back on that, man, it was so nice to get past the barrier that I'd been dealing with over the last over the last uh, few months, and not only get past that, but I mean, just literally make it my bitch for the most part. Oh yeah, and, dude. I mean, it's like it's a such a non issue at this point. Um the confidence to go out and try new maneuvers that I almost it almost I almost feel seal, silly for having letting it affect me to the point that it did. But it is what it is and here we are and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um look, really looking forward to getting the 570. Um, I'm doing the final touches on on both the gassers tomorrow and gonna head to the field and uh it's supposed to be beautiful for the next week here sunny and seventy five degrees looking forward to it gonna get some flying in Ugh. and uh uh you know we'll see maybe um maybe come dieter's event I'll be uh rocking those uh full pair flips man yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about, and uh definitely gonna get some flights. Definitely gonna get some flights in at Dieter's event this year. That's uh, that no flying at flies is a thing of the past. So uh, we're we're beyond that. So it was a good week. Had a great time at Nick's. Uh, look forward to coming back probably in the next couple of weeks, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens from there. Awesome. Uh, I did uh, I did get a few things ordered this week. I got a motor ordered for the five seventy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Forty twenty five eleven hundred? Yep. Scorpion? Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: And then you're gonna what all what all components you got picked out for it?
0: We're gonna put BK servos yep. all around. Um we're gonna go with an icon or icon. Oh my god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a Neo. And Dan is we are not. <laughs> <laughs> uh and um we're gonna go with a uh uh speed control this is escaping me at the moment, uh
2: Come on. The Hobbywing 100. There you go. There that's it
0: what is. it is. That's it. First one. Never had one before. So we're going to go, we're going to try, give that one a try. And um, I think that that about wraps it up. Uh, we're going to, oh yeah, the UI sensor. I'm going to try that out for the electric, right? Yeah, that's a must. Oh, nice. That'll be cool. Yeah. It, wor- and, it works uh, out great. It's going to work out great because I'm going to have Nick put it all together for me while I sit back and drink beer and watch him.
3: Probably. There's a good likelihood. Oh, let me know when you're doing that, Dan. I'll come drink beer with you.
0: You Come sit back, drink beer with yeah. me, bring some of your homebrew. We'll watch Nick do all the work. Yeah, yeah we'll you watch know Nick what? the heli.
3: I'm game. Like, I, I'm actually okay
2: <laughs> with that. I'm completely okay with that.
0: <laughs> so that about wraps up my week. This week is going to be good. Uh going to get some uh, flying in and, uh, uh, you know, get ready for Dieter's Funfly. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sweet.
2: That leaves you, Nick. That leaves me. Wow, what a week.
3: Hey, Caleb, would you mind uh, charging up my batteries while I pack up all my helis and other gear so we can head out to the field?
0: I would love to, if I could figure out how to work this charger. It's so confusing. You really need to get yourself a new one.
3: (laughs) You don't have to tell me twice. I know exactly what I'll get. I'm going to head over to revelectrics.com to order myself up a brand new dual PowerLab 8 charger. With the pre-programmable menus and the endless customization, it's extremely fast and easy to charge nearly any battery.
4: Thank God.
3: Uh, An
2: eventful week, that's for sure. Yeah, you showed up Wednesday or Thursday. Mm -hmm. I don't know, something like that.
0: Uh, I don't remember. I think it was. Think it was Thursday.
2: Yeah, Thursday. I um, don't oh, know. It
0: was Wednesday because we recorded on Thursday.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So we hit the field Friday. Um, I I only flew once on Friday. We really pushed and focused on. You know, my goal was to maximize Dan's stick time while he was here. Because I, you know, I've been there, and, and we're going to get into how to progress. But boy, this weekend was a really big eye-opener for me, you know, not only about where I'm at, but kind of also what, you know, what the different parts of what gives me satisfaction in the hobby. So Friday, when we got out there, yeah, it was just, it was all about the Buddy Box with Dan. And, and you know, from a, from a Buddy Boxing standpoint, it was just, it was awesome. I mean, it's awesome. I love to teach, man. If I could, if I could quit my job and just have a flight school, I totally would. I would in a second because I feel like I could teach anyone to do any maneuver, even the ones that I can't do. I can usually pick out with my eye what's going wrong. Um. So that that was just, it was really neat. It was very satisfying, you know to be able to do that. Now coming back from Othello, I was one of the unfortunate ones that had the one-way bearing issue on the nitro. So, you know, I I I decided to break my cardinal rule of don't take apart a good flying model, but I really wanted to get some time on the nitro on Sunday. So, the 770 sacrificed its double one-way bearing setup and I got that put in um Late Saturday night. Saturday, we just dinked around, did podcast stuff, like we talked about with the Sim. I didn't touch the Sim, only to get it tuned up a little bit for him. Uh, so, coming into Sunday, I, I wanted to fly a lot more, though, myself. I wanted to get some more time in on the Nitro. I You know, I was just so excited. That, that love for the heli all over again, coming back from Othello. With the 700 comp on 710s. I was just like a fat kid in a candy store. It was amazing. So I actually went out there. You know, um, Saturday I I went ahead and recalibrated. I put all of my helis over on the hobby, or over, excuse me, on the V-Bar governor. Um, We're working on some hobby wing firmware. So... I was like, "All right, dude, it's time to do it. Quit being lazy." Yes, the Hobby Wing Gov is plug and play. It's kind of a no brainer. You can't really screw it up, and uh, I'll be damned if it doesn't work great. But there is a very uh, a slight performance edge to the V Bar Gov, and so since you know they said, "All right, it's time to start working on some external Gov firmware," I'm like perfect. I mean that that's what I needed. So getting that put on there, I quickly remembered, "Wow, Nick, okay." <laughs> you've been kind of lazy about your tuning, you know, the, the 700 was what it was, but when I got that firmware on there and then with the seven tens now, it was, it, it was kind of like, I wanted to tune all of a sudden all over again. It's like, dude, I see that last 5%. Let's go get it. And it's time. It's a time investment to get that last little bit out of it. So, um, come flying, you know, come flying on Sunday, not only was I with Buddy Box and Dan, but I was putting in my own time. I just kind of said, Dan, you are in charge of the 570. You, you you know, when it's ready, you just tell me when you're ready to go. So I put in a lot of flights, got some flights in on the 700, got a, I burned a gallon. Can you believe that? I burned a gallon through the nitro. I didn't even realize that till I got home. Um got that you know at the end of Othello, I was finally getting used to that Trek motor and how it tuned, so I was getting it tuned in um to where it was starting to make some power, and I was happy with it and so Sunday was more focused on okay let's focus on the actual tuning of the model itself, getting those last little bits and last little bits and it was um I'll get to my last flight to the day in a minute, but it was it was well worth it. So let's see, as Dan had mentioned, we had a pretty interesting situation, you know, and you think, ah, I I hear about it. I read about it, but we pull up to the field (laughs) and we're, we're getting all set up and, uh, you know, where this field is, we're about three miles away from, uh, from an airport from Bellingham airport, which is a fairly big airport. And it, it just so happens. We're also like on the down, the, the landing <laughs> leg, the final approach leg to landing. It's almost, I mean, they fly like almost right over the field. Now, um, altitude-wise, oh, my God. I mean, you couldn't even get up there even if you wanted to. Um, but it is a little bit visually. It's like, oh, hey, there's a plane flying right over us. Um, and on this road, we fly in an empty field there. And it's a dead-end road that goes back to what's called Bellingham Public Works. And this is where all the sheriffs, the sheriff department, you know, they park their cars back there. They fuel up and that sort of thing. So we have an awesome relationship uh, with the law enforcement over there. I mean, they stop all the time. They say hi. They watch. Uh, They're always, you know, they, they come out there and let the dog, the canine units out. And, you know, they've been so kind to us and my son. You know, letting him go over there and giving him stickers and stuff. It's just it's to me, it's exactly how it should be. That's how it should be. And so we're getting all set up and an um, officer pulls up and I didn't even think about it because they're doing it all the time. And he's like, hey, um, are are you guys flying any drones here? You know, and I kind of chuckle, and and my <laughs> my gut instinct was, I was like, "Nah, we we don't have any drones. We have remote control helicopters," which I know that by the FAA there is no difference, but to me, damn it, there still is. And the guy's like, "Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, no problem." What had happened is the FAA actually called. Um, the police department, and said, hey, there's someone flying drones over in that area. But that was it. And and supposedly, it was interfering with commercial flights. Now, we hadn't even, and he's like, so have you guys, I said, dude, we haven't even flown. And we look over, and now there's a a huge uh, soccer complex north of us. And there was the same group of guys. They've been flying over there for, Jesse, what, five years.
3: As long as we've been flying at public works, pretty much.
2: Yeah, uh, flying foamy planks. And, I mean, looking over there judging, ah, dude, 300 feet tops, something like that. Yeah. But what I think happened is those white foamies. I mean, this is all bright green, flawless soccer grass. You can spot those things a mile away against green grass, especially when you're up above looking down. So, my guess is that with the whole latest craze of, oh my gosh, there's a drone everywhere. Everything's a drone. Oh, it's a garbage bag? No, nah, it's a fucking drone. Oh, that was a drone. They, that's that's what they called about. So this guy, would, and then he said something that was funny. He's like, well, so are you guys flying above 200 feet? I was like, and I even said, nah, we're good to 400. And his response was like, oh, okay. Okay. And he was super nice. He's like, all right, well, good, good. you know, they're just, <laughs> th- th- there might be, a marked car that might come by and take some information. But, uh, you know, I I just wanted to stop. And he goes, you guys are the ones, and it was awesome the way he did it. He goes, you guys are the ones that are always here. And he took his hand and he, like, waved it back and forth and flopped it all around. He's like, you guys are the ones that are, like, you know, like this. And I started laughing. (laughs) <laughs> so I guess that's us. The one flying three. He's like, Oh yeah, geez, you guys have been flying here forever, huh? I said, Oh yeah, man. Like five years. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, just to let you know, um, you know, that there might be a, a car stopping by. No big deal. Have a good day. So he left and all was well. But then we sat there and I'm like, yeah, I knew I mean We've been flying there for. Knew the day was coming. Yep, about five years. Same thing with those guys over there. And, and go figure. It wasn't, no one even did anything any different than we've been doing. But now all of a sudden, it's an issue. And you know, this is a really good, uh, it, I learned a couple things from this. <clears throat> and for the record, I'll tell you right now, I'm not registered and technically by the I don't even know where we're at with the FAA air quotes laws but i mean there's i think we are like right at or slightly under the 3 mile so so we're, we should not be flying there i guess i mean right yeah and i actually mapped it out we're like
3: 4.8 nick
2: oh we are yeah we're almost at the 5 okay so that maybe that's yeah. what it, I was thinking it was like. We were point one or point two under. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. And see, the shitty thing about this is the this whole mess is it's it's wasting the police officers' time. I mean the
2: resources. Yeah, and that was what I I mean, the guy was super cool, he was super nice, but if there was one thing I learned from that whole situation, was he did not want to be there. He had no issue with what we were doing. And he was also painfully uninformed and uneducated. Yep. Like, where did the 200 thing, feet come from? Are we actually, like when I told him, and, and it was kind of a test, and he failed, and I'm not blaming that on him. Are you flying drones? No, I don't have any drones. I have RC helicopters. Oh, okay. I mean, that says right there, these guys are being put in situations that they are not trained for, that they have no clue what laws, even if there are any, that they're trying to enforce. But like he said, if FAA calls, they have
3: to. Well, and yeah, to add on to your story, and I think this was after the sheriff had stopped by. Um, I was getting ready to leave my house, so I was not there at the time when the first when this uh, sheriff stopped by. So I was getting ready to leave the house, and you know I'm putting stuff in the truck, and all of a sudden Kayla comes out uh, out of the garage, and she's like, "Hey, there's a post on there's a, a page on Facebook, Whatcom County Scanner Reports, and basically it's just a Facebook feed of all the police." Um, broadcasters you know that go over the scanner and then they post them up on there and so you kind of see if there's something in your area or just what's going on she's like hey there's a there's a post on northwest police scanner saying that there is drones flying at the northwest soccer fields interfering with commercial airline traffic and police have been dispatched and instructed to um you know basically ground whoever's flying them and so i'm like Oh, I know I already knew Nick and Dan are out there. I didn't know they hadn't flown yet. So I immediately jump on the phone. I'm like, hey, have you guys flown yet? And then Nick fills me in about the sheriff stopping by. So not only did it affect, you know, taking time out of the sheriff's day, using up the resources and, you know, the fact that they aren't fully informed. Now you got this social media post and oh boy, were people having a heyday with that. So, bring oh, yeah, more shoot them out of the
4: sky. That's what yeah, we should in,
3: do. You know, people going off and just, it's like just bringing more negative attention to the hobby um, through other avenues such as, you know, such as that getting thrown up on on a Facebook post. Yeah. So,
0: and, and there's more to it too, is that incident now is a stat. I mean, it had to, it's reported, like Jesse and I were talking about. It. It's in a database yeah, now. It's in a database somewhere. Yep. And it's going to be used against us. now. And I don't know if you guys saw, but I saw tonight. A uh, Facebook uh, Forbes article, where the FAA is creating a website for civilians to report drone and suspicious flying activities. They're going to make it even easier. Oh people. yeah, it's it's they're using this to build the hype. Is all they're doing, and that's
2: and it. I mean, that is it. You could tell by the people's comments on that Facebook group that everything yep. about it, like every single thing, was negative and it's like yeah. these people don't even have a clue so how did they get a negative opinion if they don't know well they were told it's bad yeah
1: yep somebody yeah.
2: they they were told that, that, that it's bad and it's funny because we can see those uh those foamy guys they quit flying for like an hour and yeah. i'm sitting there i'm talking to dan i'm like you know he didn't say don't fly No. I mean, usually they're pretty clear in what they want you to do. Law enforcement kind of has a habit of that. They make themselves pretty clear. Mm -hmm. He never said, don't fly. And so I, you know, I was like, well, I have confidence with the relationship that I have with these guys and their attitudes and, you know, how respectful we've been. I'm just going to fly for the rest of the day. I did call Justin was going to come up. And I called Justin. I'm like, man, you know, it's it's quite a drive for him, about an hour and a half. And he couldn't come up for long. He was like, I'm just going to bomb up for a short trip. And I called him and I said, you know, I got a bad feeling. Like, you should probably just stay home. I would feel horrible if he drove all the way up to get his name taken. <laughs> you know <laughs> by the sheriff's department with his work and all this and I was just like yeah so we flew and it's funny because no more we put like two flights in and then immediately the the planker guys started flying into
3: yeah yeah so well i don't know. even as we were continuing to fly um this was much later on in the day another sheriff you know stopped by i think Nick or Nick or day. One of you guys was, was out there flying and I was behind the trailer and another sheriff stops by and kind of rolls down his window and kind of waves me over. And he's like, Hey, there's another officer already stopped by and talked to you guys earlier today. And I said, yeah, he, he kind of gave us a rundown and, you know, we were told that there was a call placed and you know, told us just basically said we to continue on, but just be aware sort of thing. And he's like, yeah, definitely. And, and for the record, he's like, I think those things are Awesome. We have no issues with what you guys are doing out here. So <laughs> continue on, basically. So
2: Yeah, it was, what I kind of got is that we are going to have problems there. Um, But those guys will probably put off saying something as long as they can. I'm not concerned about all of a sudden one driving up and me going to jail. That's, I mean, I have no concern with that. But it it was just one of those, I don't even want to be there in that situation. It really bums me out because they don't want to be there either. And it's not hurting anyone or anything. It's never been a problem. In all the time that we've been there, there's never been a drone report. And nothing changed. And now all of a sudden there is. So... Uh, You know, it just goes to show you what the awesome media can do. I mean, it's no different. It it really made me kind of open my eyes. Like the people's attitudes on that Facebook post is
3: probably the exact
2: attitude that that pilot had to. And and
3: those people, at least for us, those are all local. I mean, that is right in our backyard. It's not like it's somewhere halfway across the country. That's right here. Yep. Welcome County where we fly and live. So,
2: we are currently looking for a new field. I'm not I mean, I'm man. not out to try and, you know, <laughs> be a renegade. I'm not overly concerned about it, but if you know that it's coming, I'd rather not have to sit there and fight tooth and nail, you know.
0: Yeah. The man's coming down, man. Coming down on us. Yeah. yeah.
2: I don't know. It just it just pisses me off. It's it's very it's very disappointing. But oh well. Um so let's see, back to back to Heli's after the l l f a a things. So, oh, so we're out there flying. And I said, Hey Dan, you want to put a flight in on the Nitro? He said, Oh yeah, 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 sure, that'd be cool. So we go up there and we're flying. And now like <laughs> All of a sudden, it's it's you know on the V control you can hear when it when you switch back and forth because it says buddy master buddy master, and we're flying and it's randomly doing it. I'm going what? Jesse's like, well, maybe your fingers shaking on the twitch or something. I'm like, okay, so I you know kind of resituation. It, it was getting it was getting towards the end of the day. So I thought maybe I'm just getting tired and I'm not paying attention as much. But it it still kept doing it. And then it, it like did a couple weird things to Dan where he's like, dude, that was not me. And I said, <laughs> okay, well. Like aggressive pitch pumps. So. Yeah, like big pitch <laughs> pumps. And he's, I said, okay, well, I'm just going to take it. I'm not having any issues with control with it. And I, let me kind of shake it out the rest of the flight and see. So I'm sitting there in the lawn chair and I'm just kind of dinking around with it a little bit and making sure everything's good. And, and it was perfectly fine. I was having no negative issues. So I thought, okay, maybe my buddy box switch is getting an intermittent connection. Well, for some odd reason, I don't know how, why, or what, but you know, we talk about those flights and this was getting down toward the end of the day. How or why my brain decided to lock into epic nitro flight mode. Halfway through a flight, sitting in a lawn chair, I'll probably never know. But man, that was awesome. I freaking threw that thing down. And it was fun. I had some hurricanes going, like full collective hurricanes, motors pulling good, and when you're sitting down and flying, the, the grass is like, I don't know, two feet somewhere around there. And it was just like bl- tip of the blades right in the grass the whole way. And I uh, just honking on it. So much fun. And the pyro TikToks, we even got, Jesse, was that Friday? Got a flight video or f- was that Friday or Sunday? No, I, think I think that was, was Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of funny because I forgot about half the stuff I can do. I always do that when I go to record. Yeah, you know, here, take a video of this flight. Then you do about half of the stuff you know you know how to do. But, oh, well. Man, that was awesome. And I land it, and, and I look over, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's where it was at. And Dan is like, dude, when you came around with that hurricane, I Almost tipped over backwards in my chair. <laughs>
0: actually, actually, I think I said, uh, wow, that that was just as frightening as, as I assumed it would be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so we just were, as uncomfortable as I assumed it would be. Yeah, like that. that was fun. That
2: was a good flight. I was feeling it. And it was tuned and I was feeling it. So I had to roll with it. That <laughs> nah, was a good time. So I came back after the weekend. Um, I have decided. I uh, we or I ordered some parts. Uh, I had to get obviously the the update slash upgrade part um, that they're sending out to everyone with issues in the in the nitro. So I got that, and then I have decided that I have always wanted to try the one thirty. The Hobby Wing 130. You know, it's 100 grams lighter. And I think I'm way addicted to getting the disc loading down on the 700. So I uh, put one of those since that weekend in the 700. Haven't flown it yet. I also made the decision, and this is where everyone rolls their eyes and goes, dude, you're insane. Um, Looking at the logs on the 500 SS, which is kind of cool with the UI sensor that it'll log you know, like actually log to the radio. And then that Helifreak user has that killer uh, program for dumping all that information in there. And it's very easy to go back and pick your model. Oh, 500 on this date, that flight. Oh yeah, that one. So I went back and was looking at my data and it it was really, really good. Like I'm not at 100% output for PWM yet. Like I have more. There's definitely more there but i obviously like we mentioned my packs are starting to they're holding up but this is just maxing the pack out i mean maxing the pack out so after getting the first 130 in i weighed it and then on the 500 i'm running the hercules the western robotics that big ass bec like the 16s one or 18s or whatever it is it's pretty heavy So, between the two, they are 6 grams. Between the BEC and the 100 HV that I have on the 500, they're 6 grams heavier than the 130. Well, guess what? If I go 130, then I can go 14S on the 500. (laughs) 14S, nice. So... I have a, another 130 coming, and I am going to do, I can't find 7S packs that small. And and that's kind of the big problem with going 12S on the 500 is you're limited with pack length. It's just not designed to be 12S like the 570 is where the packs slide under the tail servo. So this, there's, there's lots of 6S packs out there, but not very many of them at all fit lengthwise in there. So when I was looking at it, I'm like, yeah, but I have height. I have room for height. Well, no one has 7S packs that are in that shape, but it is, I can easily get another 2S pack on top of the rear pack. I mean, easy with the same footprint and everything because it can be longer because I'll just set it on top of the rear pack and it can hang over the front pack. And I can, two S packs you can find all over for any different size that you want. So I think I'm going to kind of make my own stick pack, uh, you know, and I'll actually crimp and or solder the batteries all together and put like a, like an 8S balance connector on that rear pack. Do it that way, but I'm going to go for it. I'm determined we are going to crank the crap out of that 500. Mm. I know. Weirdo. It is weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, So other than that. The Does that change your class? Nope. Nope. There are no voltages anymore. Hmm. Doesn't matter. It's just fuselage or no fuselage. And then kind of your decision um, between, the, and I'll probably get the names wrong, between, I think it's novice and the master class. For, so I'm class two because of blade length. Um, There is no full fuselage models in my class. No one even makes one, although, you know, the provisions for that rule is there. So that's kind of a wash. I don't worry about that. But then it's the novice or the master class. And the difference is whether you pre-stage or not. So for the 120-meter course, you know, it's it's basically it's how you enter the course. For the master class, you have to be, uh, you know, out a little farther. Justin knows all the rules exactly, um, and it's much more of a. You take out the advantage of kind of dive bombing the course, you know, because like mm-hmm. if you have a your starting point, uh, you can definitely come in and do like a big half Cuban or something, and get it to where you're coming down and and at the bottom of your slingshot, like the second that you enter the course. And your speed will be much higher as you enter, versus where you exit. But it's easier to see because you're not flying as far. So with the novice class, there they don't take. Uh, there's no pre-stage on the novice class because, and you know, in the theory is that when you're learning how to fly, speed, you're just trying to do everything right. Mm-hmm. You know. Whereas the master class, what they really want is they want that level flight out a lot farther um, so that it's a consistent, a solid speed from the beginning to the end of the course. To, get, to make it much more accurate. And I was originally thinking, yeah, well, I'm not flying pre-staged. I don't want to run the risk of my model. And then when we were at Othello and I actually looked at the 120-meter course, my God, I was pretty much flying a 200-meter course. No problem at all. So, I mean, I have no problem competing in the master class. And as far as at a, a regular fun fly level, the way that they're going to do it is – my scores my, my scores will get and my scores and times and everything will get entered into the Misfa database when they get that all going so my national ranking or whatever will be counted and qualified but then if there's no one else in the master class I'll still just compete with the the rest of the class too so that way you know, like if I go to an event and I wanna and I'm actually trying to compete in the, the MISFA circuit or whatever and have my scores go toward my my ranking, if there's no one else competing, I still don't I don't, don't lose out. Make sense?
0: Absolutely. Nice. Yeah.
2: Well that's it. It's been uh this week has been wrenching. Oh my god. I thought everything was good, but it was just Speed controller, swap city, getting prep for this, trying to get everything up to version fours, you know, going through little teeny bits and, and putting the pulley stuff in. And, yeah, one model at a time, very slowly going through it, trying to do have my due diligence on my maintenance because we put some serious flights in on the 570 over the last couple of weeks. And it's uh, it's awesome. I put a main gear in it, Dan.
0: Did you? Yeah. You were thinking it was getting a little sloppy?
2: Yeah. We'll start, it just, remember how I made a sound? I mentioned, I said, you know, it sounds kind of mechanical. And the 570 was never that way. It was very smooth and quiet. And I took a look at the main gear. Oh, yeah, dude. After however many, three, four, 500 flights, it's got a wee little bit of wear on it, mm-hmm. as expected. So that one's ready to go. Oh, tonight I'm going out. I have my trailer is basting at a flawless 72 (laughs) degrees since Othello and then last weekend. And I was going to do it right before last weekend, but I thought, man, I know we're going to put some serious flights in. So as far as the battery review goes, um, I will be updating all of that information very shortly. Very, very shortly, because we I've got a bunch more flights on everything, and thank I was just you, Dan. Say, you should have a few cycles on those now. Oh yeah, and thank you, Dan, for helping contribute to that. <laughs> you don't realize yeah. how hard it is to put a lot of cycles on five different batteries. yeah I mean, you're like, yeah, dude, got 30 flights in, you know, or 30 buddy box flights in on the 570 and you come back. It's like, oh, that's you know, now we're at oh, six more flights. Oh, Mm -hmm. darn it. Okay.
0: (laughs) 30 sounds like a big number until you divide it by five.
2: Yeah. But that's all right because it it gets just forces me to keep flying. Good blade has personality, has soul, has attitude, has performance, and it's got character. When you finally find that blade, there's a connection. There's no better feeling than being able to get that blade and find sizes for all your helicopters. That's why switch blades just make sense. No shopping for one set of blades over here, and then the other set of blades over there. One brand, one stop. All sizes.
1: Make the switch. When you're ready to make the switch, go to www.bkdesignsllc.com to find sizes for all your helicopters. From Hollywood, it's the Nation versus Citizen Quiz Show. with your host, Dan Reed. And his wonderful co-hosts, Nick, Jesse, and Justin. And now, here's your host, Dan Reed! Thank you, thank you
0: everybody. And welcome to the Nation versus Citizen Quiz Show. that time again, guys? Game show time. It's about time. It's only been like, what, five years since we did one? Something
2: like that. <laughs> Seems like it.
0: So here we are. We got Sage Marvin with us. What's going on, dude? Not too much. Not yeah. too
5: much. Yeah. So staying uh, busy.
0: You've uh, you've listened to the game show before, but I'm going to quickly go over the uh, quick rules. There's going to be ten questions. You get one point for each question you answer correctly. Tie always goes to the listener, and you get to pick from Justin or Jesse and Nick who goes first, or who you're going to compete. In. And then you get to pick who goes first. How's that sound?
3: pick. Sounds good. Wow. So
0: who's it going to be?
5: Ah. Uh, uh, Jesse's fresh out of college, so let's go with Nick.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> Jesse usually loses us fifty bucks too. Oh, by the yeah. way, we got to talk about that. Well. So you get a hat just for just for you know uh, joining us and uh, competing with us. Should you Beautiful. win. You're gonna get a fifty dollar gift certificate to lowerhelly.com. My yeah. favorite store. Excellent. All right. So do you would you like to go first or would you like uh, Jesse to go first? Nick or Nick. Or Nick. Or,
2: oh geez. I'm out of <laughs> it. I would like Jesse to go first. I would like to <laughs> hear yeah. the answers. Then I would like <laughs> yeah. Nick to go. All
0: right. Let, uh, let's get it out of the way. Let's let's I'll go first. All right. So, Nick, honor system, if you want to go ahead and uh, discommunicate yourself for a second.
2: You betcha.
5: We
0: will send you a text when we're ready to go. All right. Here we go, Sage. Are you ready?
5: I, I didn't study. So. Are, you ner- are you nervous? Yeah, I'm a lot more nervous than I was when I was just listening to him.
0: You know, keep in mind, several <laughs> thousand people are going to be listening to this.
5: Oh, my gosh.
0: Does that help? Does that, does that help <laughs> yeah. quench the nerves?
5: I, th- I think it'd just be just as bad if it was just me. I'm too competitive, so <laughs> <All right. laughs> we'll see how it goes.
0: Here we go. Question number one. In regards to electric motors, what does KV translate to?
5: Uh, uh The amount of uh, RPMs per volt.
0: Very good. Ding, ding, ding. Excellent. Ding, ding. A copy... Uh, <laughs> You have five seconds to answer that one. You got what. interpret. <laughs> I don't have an answer for that. A common hobby, lead-based soldering wire, is sixty forty 40 core wire. What does the sixty forty stand for?
5: It's the ratio of, uh, what, is it uh, lead to tin? Very good.
0: Very good. 60, 60% 10, 40% lead. Right. Uh, you you're close. <laughs> okay, got I didn't it. know I got it. All right, number three. Doing well. Typically, we as hobbyists are using blue Loctite or 242 Loctite. What number or color Loctite would we, used in, would we use in high-temperature applications like uh, nitro exhaust?
5: Uh, red. Um, I don't know the number, though.
0: That is incorrect. 620 Perfectly. or green. Green is high-temperature. Okay. Okay disappointed man disappointed yeah that's only I one green, so I thought
5: green was bearing retainer
0: uh green is high temperature
5: 620 huh well good to know yeah.
0: 620 loctite right all right if you start a half barrel flip in an inverted nose in orientation what will be your orientation when the maneuver is complete
5: upright tail in
0: very good excellent these questions too easy jesse or what's going on
3: i think sage is just rocking it he's
0: just rocking it right in my
5: wheelhouse
0: (laughs) number five what is the canadian version of the ama for rc aircraft
5: oh it's the royal mounted airplane flyers
0: nope close though it's mac model aeronautics association of canada
5: that one i did not know
0: Okay, we're going to go. we're going to step back in time a little bit to an older flybarless system here. Are you ready for uh, this one? This is number 6.
5: Uh-oh. Okay.
0: What step in the B-stack setup would you center servos and level the swash? Oh, that's G. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Yeah.
5: Whoa. Nick's getting that one. <laughs> wow, that's actually that's impressive. <laughs> I I had beast I'm lucky I started with B-stacks.
0: Yeah. Still That's a impressive. Step. Very impressive. Okay. Number seven. Name one brand of gas of a gasser conversion.
5: Uh Helibug. Very good.
0: I had uh Leviathan and Helibug. So nice. there might be others out there, but uh, those are the two big ones, I think. Number eight, and you are totally rocking it, so we'll see what happens here. When tuning in nitro, you will often hear the expression sounds like it's hanging on the pipe. Typically, that indicates what type of running condition?
5: Lean condition.
0: Very good. Dang,
5: I'm a healthy sponge, man. All it's right. like I read it and I number, keep it. Number I don't nine, know. and I,
0: I, think, I think he's only got two wrong so far, right? Got six. Yeah, you got six right. Oh, jeez. Number nine. What state did miniature aircraft originate from?
5: I'm gonna have to go with Montana. I know they had a machine shop there.
0: Yes, they ah, did, but they originated have to go there Florida. Florida. Dang Florida. it. Florida. So the last one, number 10, is kind of an RCHN history question. Okay. okay. So if you can think about this, this is, this is quite some time ago. Okay. Okay, number 10. The Target Bag Award is generally handed out at events that the, at RCHN does live shows at. It's awarded to the person that we decide had the most carnage at the event. Its origin comes from an episode where Rob... Let's listeners know he crashed one of Dan's helis in a grand fashion. What heli of Dan's did Rob crash?
5: That's when he cut your X5 in half, isn't it?
0: He cut it in half, but it was not the X5. It was the Fusion Fifty. Oh no!
5: Oh no! But yeah, dude you, um,
0: dude, you rocked it. What was it? What's the final score? Six out of ten, dude. Uh, right good. on. Let's right. see what Nick can do. That's good. That's good. That's good. Get Nick back here. Let me send him a little. You gonna
3: send him a text?
0: <laughs> I'm ready to win. All right, Nick. Do you want to know before you go into the questions what uh, Sage's final tally was?
2: Um, Nah, let's wait till it's all done. I want right. some suspense. All right. Because okay. go. I'm gonna bring it. He did well.
0: <laughs> he did well. We'll, we'll, leave, we'll it leave it at that. that.
2: Have we won? And like. It's, I feel like it's been a long time
0: it's, it's been a long time It's been a little while yeah. Yeah. Okay
2: Alright um, A game Let's do it Alright
0: Question number one In regards to electric motors What does KV translate to? RPM RPM per volt is what I have Does that count Jesse? You be the judge
3: Yeah I'll give it to him
0: Alright Number two A common hobby Lead based soldering wire Is 6040 core. What does the 6040 stand for? The ratio of lead to tin. Very good. So here we go, number three. Typically, we as hobbyists use blue Loctite or 242. What number or color Loctite would we use in high-temperature applications for like maybe an exhaust? You don't. Well, you could, but it's a high-temperature. That's the key question here. High-temperature Loctite.
2: Oh, I don't have a clue
0: green man greener 620 620 yes. wow yeah
2: no idea
0: all right i'll forgive you for that one <sighs> all right if you start a half pyro flip in an inverted nose orientation what will be your orientation when the maneuver is complete
2: uh upright tailing
0: all right number five what is the canadian version of the ama for rc aircraft
2: Oh, Canadian! You, right so <laughs> you live right. We're so pissed.
0: Right there, dude. Uh, you could throw a rock in Canada. It starts mm-hmm. with an M
2: and ends with a C, but I, it, it's like four or five letters long. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Mac. M A A C. Oh, I guessed that. You should have guessed. You were close. <laughs> I would have guessed like
2: M H A C or something. Yeah. Crap. This is
0: not looking good. What step? This is number six. What step in the B stack setup would you center servos and level the swash? Oh, step G. Very
2: good. Oh <laughs> man,
0: I knew Nick was going to get that one. Actually, yeah, I roasted the, the tuning guide, bitches.
2: Yeah,
5: yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right.
0: There's one for you. Name one brand of a gasser conversion.
2: A brand is in like the manufacturer. Yes. Leviathan.
0: Very good. When tuning a nitro, you will often hear the expression, sounds like it's hanging on the pipe. Typically, that indicates what type of running condition? A lean condition. Indeed. What state did miniature aircraft originate from? Uh-huh. Actually, they originated from Florida, Bob. Yes, they did.
2: Ding, ding, ding. That's right. They brought over Jeff. Yep. Jeff moved.
0: I remember that. Okay so this is an RCHn uh, history lesson or history question here you, you, sh- sh- you should? you should well, now it was a little before your time but you might be able to get it Okay. Yep. target bag was, yeah okay let me start over here because I already started screwing up because I'm old as guess uh, <laughs> yeah. that's everybody yeah grandpa Dan awesome. <laughs> the target bag award is generally handed out at events that RCHn does live shows at. Is it award, it is awarded to the person that we decide has the most carnage at an event? Its ordinance came from an episode where Rob lets listeners know he crashed one of Dan's helis in a grand fashion. What heli of Dan's did Rob crash?
2: Oh, he split that Fusion Fifty in
3: half,
0: <laughs> baby. <laughs> 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 ding, well, ding, ding. what's the uh, what's the tally there, Jesse?
3: Well, I have got Nick for a total of eight. Questions right, yeah. Missing two, Uh-oh. and I've I'm got nervous. Sage for a total of six questions. Right, yeah,
0: oh, missing four. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> Nick pulls one out, Nick pulls it out. Lucky, you got yeah, there's a win. couple
3: of those that could have gone either way,
2: yeah. Those, uh, oh dude, I thought for sure, like, it hit me with the Loctite and then the Canada thing right off the bat. I thought it was game over.
0: Well, Sage, thanks for playing. For just, hey, just it was for a just for coming along, we're gonna send you a hat. So if you could send an email off to Ken at rcellynation.com, say Ken, get that damn hat in the mail to me. We'll do. So we'll get that rolling you. Just like that on.
4: too.
5: Yeah, I will. I'm gonna say I'm gonna put it in quotes from Dan.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, thanks, buddy. Excellent dude. Hey, thanks Thank for playing. you guys. That was fun. Excellent, thanks. Later Sage. Later guys.
6: Just when you thought that the guys at Soko Heli Tools had pushed setup methodology to the absolute state of the art, they come out with yet another innovation. In combination with their Soko Helical, which fits all sizes and all brands of helis, they've recently announced the Soko Heli Tools mobile app. This app greatly simplifies your setup by completely eliminating the need for a level working surface or main shaft. This new mobile software will do everything that your original Soko kit did, but with the added benefit of all measurements, calculations, and directions in one easy to use app. When you're ready to kick it up a notch with your Heli setup, visit the Soko team at www.soko heli tools.com and check it out.
1: Soko Heli Tools, Next Generation Setup.
0: So, before we go into the news, I have a question for you guys. It's, um, it's kind of the question of, I guess, the week. Uh, because I was reading through our forum on Helipree. And I come across a post that uh, asked a question of Ken from Lower Heli. And the question is, is Ken a wizard? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I thought that post was actually about Ken Salloway, our Ken, because oh, was he's he, such a goofball originally. Yeah, yeah. And, you yeah. know, he's, he's so painfully organized and fast yeah. about everything that I was like, I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, well, that's Ken once you get to know him. And then yeah. I found out it was Ken at Lower Hell, and it really caught my attention.
0: He must have the internet wired into his brain because he knows when somebody makes an order almost instantly.
2: I mean, I feel like when people take the time to put a post up about a vendor and you see that much support that that's my hat's off to that vendor, you know, Ken over at Lower Hill. Yeah. Cuz you're doing something right.
0: <clears throat> and just for the record, our Ken Salaway is a wizard as well. He is definitely. <laughs> it's a it's a name thing. It's a name thing, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I think maybe we should get into some news. Do we have any news this week? Uh, We got.
1: Oh, jeez. Yeah. This week's news is brought to you by Superiosity.com. All
2: right. Rev Electrics announced a new charger. You know, we had done the review on the GT500. Well, now we have. The GT1200. So, s- same overall layout. Looks like the same UI. But now we are up in the 1200 watt range. You know, that was my one complaint. I, I will give Rev Electric's credit when it comes to chargers. They are listening. We go through the whole review. Love the whole thing, everything about it. But at the end of the day, I was like, yeah. But, God, I wish it was just... More power. Well, there we go. They come out with one that's more power. Cool part is with the case design on this, it still has those tabs on the side where you can lock and load these bad boys together. Now we're talking a dual GT 1200. Yes,
0: please. But no bump charging. Um,
2: I don't think that this is compatible.
0: It's not. Well, I know the GTX five hundred. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, I guess you know some people.
0: Dan, you got
2: to see me use it quite a bit mm-hmm. this weekend. Mm-hmm. What are your What are your thoughts?
0: I like it. I like it a lot, especially when you start having as many batteries as you have. It's not nece- it's I don't think it's necessary for someone like me, who's only going to have like two or three, uh, maybe a few RX packs. But when you're dealing with all the batteries that you're dealing with, I think the bump, bump charger is fantastic.
2: I agree. It's definitely for me. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it's not a deal breaker for me to have not have it because, like, I I just I don't deal with a lot of batteries, and uh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But I just I think it's weird that they have this bump charging out and they're introducing new chargers without without that functionality. Are they not? You know, is the bump charging not catching on?
2: I think it is. I think you know. It's uh, it, it's like anything. It's it is an added cool feature, but it is definitely not a necessity. And there are a lot of people in the hobby. I mean, let's let's face it. It is a it's an expensive hobby, and it can be expensive just to keep your shit flying. So, you know. A lot of people, they're just they're not into the into the new gadgets. You know what I mean. Not saying that if they didn't have them, they wouldn't be like, yeah, okay, I love this. I would never want to go back. But
0: you know, and I am one of those people. You are. I, I am. I am not into new gadgets, but I don't feel like 150 bucks is that big of a expense in the grand no, scheme of things. No, it's not a
3: huge upgrade cost. I
0: mean, yeah, it's like, that's...
2: You know why I think it hasn't caught on more? Because I think there are a lot of of uh, happy iCharger customers out there. Yeah. People that have their iChargers, their 308s, their 4010s, that are still just working. And for them, it's a whole mountain to climb to get there as far as expense.
0: That that is true because I, yeah. I still have mine, and have had them for for a long, long, long time, and they, they work. I I do have a PLA that I haven't used yet, but, um, soon. <laughs> I keep saying that, <laughs> but it's that whole new gadget thing. I'm not I'm not a new gadget guy, so, um, uh, you know, I struggle with passwords, so I don't like. <laughs> Sweet. The struggle is Once, real. One and it step continues. at a time. <laughs> it's real and it continues. Oh jeez.
2: Okay, so Jesse, I'm gonna have you help me read through this next one because they announced so much that I, I don't want to miss anything. Okay, MSH is apparently like on fire as of late. Someone lit. Indeed. Uh, I I think all of Justin's rockets. Are apparently going in the ass of MSH, because these guys are just taking off. They are taking off for sure. So let's see what we've got. They had annou- made two big announcements. First is the Proto three eighty. Now we've got videos up, so this is up to three eighty millimeter disc size. There's the standard mm-hmm. and the Evolution versions available. Now it's going to include the Mini iBrain Two, and that that goes along with the with the second announcement, which I'll get to. Um, the twin belt design; they've got a robust one way bearing in there, um, auto tail belt tensioner, uh, huge gear ratio change, so you can pretty much run whatever you want in it. And super very well, they're saying very low disc loading with a very high uh, vertical CG, giving it unmatched flight performance and feel. The videos look great. There's a thread up, um, there's some pictures up in our our heli freak news thread in our forum there. It's, uh, I mean,
3: dude, it looks really nice. They've got a little miniature power bus on there, it's so cute. Another really genius idea for these little helis. Yeah, especially favorite where f- wiring just sucks and oh, balls turns on these a, things. Turns into a disaster quickly. And then, you know, favorite feature, I'm seeing the magnetic canopy mounts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Canopies <laughs> can sometimes be a pain on these little guys. No, overall, looks, yeah, looks solid. Looks like a good heli. Uh,
2: So, yeah, then comes, uh, oh, jeez yeah where can you even okay so then comes the whole the this version two brain now there is so much information floating around out there that it's hard to actually collect. there's six different versions of it, and I don't even know like. The features, okay, so some have USB connections, some don't. There's the, the really small ones with like the, the, I don't even know what that connector is called. The smaller servo connector for like the micro helis. Do you have 13? Yeah, sure, whatever. And then some have a uh, heavy duty power connection with integrated power switch. So, almost like built-in fail-safe switch. They've all got vibration logging, um, flight event logging, uh, governor ports. Um, Let's see. Uh, Depending on which one, you know, the smaller ones have one satellite port. The bigger ones have two. Uh, Built-in Bluetooth on two of them. So, no more external Bluetooth.
3: I mean, holy cow! <laughs> this is kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, I was going to say I did not see this coming at all. Um, just because I don't—I mean, I still know lots of people that are really happy with just the you know the icon and slash brain platform and how and how it flies. But yeah, coming out with <laughs> just kind of out of nowhere, six new versions. Jeez, yeah, been busy.
2: it looks like okay. So it looks like. Two HD versions, which are the ones with the integrated uh, power switch and power bus setup. So there's a Bluetooth and a regular version. And then you have the standard brain, which has a Bluetooth and a regular version. Then there's two smaller ones, the mini brain and the micro brain. Micro one with the, uh, the smaller servo connection and then the mini brain looks looks to me like it would be like 250 uh mm-hmm. oxy size that sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. These guys have some wicked momentum going. I mean, wicked momentum. So my hats off. If you're out there pushing uh in the hobby right now, you're pretty freaking badass. Agreed. Pro star has uh, the EXO Compass EXO 500 is now available for pre-order over at ProStar 688 with motor and blades. Not bad. 614 mm-hmm. with blades. You can get it in a green or red canopy. So for those of you who have been waiting for that,
3: uh, looks like we're getting a little bit closer. The, the question is, so did they put a date on it? Ooh. I'm, well, I'm guessing probably
2: not. Well, so how about this? <laughs> Pre-orders are pay in full only. That tells me that it probably shouldn't be too far because you've got to be close. careful about taking pe- all of people's money. Yep, and not delivering. Uh, getting close. Three digit. Now, Justin, if he was here, he would be talking about this because I know that he will be using this quite extensively in his continuation of the 3Digi review from the speed side and now from the Jetty integration side. So that firmware is up. Um, It's kind of cool. They're using two separate buses. Um, So coming from 3Digi, they say, it's time to get ready and make yourself a cable for Jetty integration. New firmware is just around the corner. Why a special cable? Well, because we have decided to go the safest way possible. Helicopter control is managed by UDI, which is fast with very stable frame rate. And the telemetry and device management goes over Xbus. Yes, we are using two protocols protocols at the same time, which, made we, which means we need two cables. So the cool part is that this, this gets around all the issues that have been uh, reported with Xbus. And I've actually heard of numerous other flybarless systems. Seems like XBus or EXBus, should I say, has been the more problematic one for people to get integrated. I think that Spartan had problems with it for a while. I'm not sure if MSH did or not. But yeah, so hats off to Three Digi for getting that. And I'm pretty sure that for all you Three Digi owners, the next one on the list is the Governor. Woohoo. I know Justin will be happy about that. I actually, get to fly something with a governor.
4: Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> man.
2: I'm allowed to dun, say that. Dun, boom. Yeah, cause he's Can't even defend himself. Nope. My favorite kind of fight. All right. That's all I got for news. How
0: about you, Jesse? You got any news?
3: Got nothing, Dan.
0: You guys uh, remember Kasama helicopters, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> There might be a reason we found out recently why we haven't been hearing a lot about them. Apparently Kasama Helicopters just signed a deal with Lockheed Martin to build UAVs. Another one bites the dust. <laughs> Going dun, dun, to the dark dun. side. That's
2: dun, good. Dun, 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 they can block lo- <laughs> Never mind. I'm not even- <laughs> Dude,
0: I uh, <laughs> I have a I have a link here to uh to one of their VTOL UAVs and uh wow, it is pretty unique in uh it looks it does have a rotor but it's got like two tail rotors 180 degrees from e- each other
2: i can just and hear lockheed now where the hell do we get parts for this damn thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean i gotta wait six months for a landing strut that's the uh, that's Mice history with kusama so we'll see what, <laughs> we'll see if it happens to them something tells me it won't uh this is probably a very lucrative uh collaboration between the two so anyway that's what's going on with Kasama no more uh, i would imagine they're going to kind of stop Man, well, they might keep doing parts but i could imagine that this is going to take up a good portion of their time from here on out and that is my news
1: this week's news is brought to you by superiority.com for superior quality web and mobile development and design with a 100% money back guarantee. That's always on schedule and budget. Get the most from your website from www.superiority.com or www.dudemanlarry.com. Not kidding, check him out. Going into the show this week, guys, you know, we
0: had a discussion between uh, the four of us you know, we did a lot of buddy boxing in the last couple of weeks. We were kind of wondering, uh, you know, if we shouldn't have a discussion about progression and and uh, working into buddy boxing, what to look out for uh, from both pilot and teaching perspective. I think the first thing you need to
2: do is ask yourself, you're at a wall, right? You, you need to progress. You haven't done anything new lately, but, you know, you have a list of excuses a mile long on why you haven't. So there, it really depends on your situation, the direction that um, we need to go. So I'm calling this one the School of Hard Knocks, which is Crash Course, get your ass in gear, Shirley. It's time to learn some new shit. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, quite frankly, that's what we did with Dan. But now... What we did with Dan might not work with each person. There's different avenues in which you can do this. You can go the buddy boxing route. You can go the route of using a caller or a spotter. You can go the route of using a bailout. Or you can go the route of the simulator. And I think which one you take is going to depend on your situation. If you're at or a, a f- combination of, or that's right for a combination, you know, if you're at a field or you have uh, access, you know, to a group of people where you can get help with a buddy box and your concern with your progression is I'm worried about crashing. Buddy boxing is, is an awesome Avenue. Okay. And I'll get into the specifics in a second. I would just want to touch on the, the different directions first. Now, may- maybe you're, Maybe you're still concerned about crashing, but you're like Dan, you don't have access on a regular basis, you know, to have access to someone that can buddy box you. Well, then what do you do? But you're still concerned about crashing. Well, here's where a bailout comes in. I mean, you know, whatever brand it is, BD, MSH, you know, V-bar, whatever, getting your helicopter set up and you don't need all of them. Just one. Pick one heli that's your main flyer, just like we did with the 570. And that's why we're going to go that direction with Dan so that he can take a safety net home with him. Um, So that would be a great situation if there's crash concern. Now, maybe you're kind of past that. You know, Jesse, I know you're there where I am. I'm not concerned about progressing and crashing. When I crash now, it's because I did something dumb and I was generally having fun when I did it or I have a mechanical failure. Um, but that doesn't mean you still can't hit a wall. And so this is where a, a caller and a spot, a caller slash spotter can come in really well. You know, like you and I have yeah. done where you just say, Hey dude, you know what? I'm going to, here's a list. You can even write the list out yourself. Will you just come out here and stand next to me when I'm flying and maybe kind of watch a timer and every minute tell me to do something different. And I'll work on those and then and then call out or have someone call random maneuvers in random directions that you have to do, turn it into a really fun game, you know, something like that. So that's a situation where you don't need a buddy that's a that's a great pilot to do it. Um you could even, you know, do it with your wife or your girlfriend or anyone else out at the field. You get a planker out there if you you know, if you fly at a mixed field. Just anyone that can help read off of a sheet. Yep. Um, then simulator comes into play. This can be integrated into basically every single one of these. I think we learned it uh with Dan. It, it really hit home. If you want to learn something and learn it fast, hit that sim and hit it hard. Yeah. Uh, I mean
3: repetition. That's repetition. The only way.
2: That is it. You know, it is about getting out to the field and getting flights in and that's probably the single most important thing out of all of these dan is is the perfect example of this show up at the field sit around not get flights in
3: and that's whatever. one of the main things that's one of the main things that i like about the other three approaches you know the the spotter, the bailout, and the buddy box is those involve real flying. I mean you're getting that real yeah. stick time, which ultimately when it comes down to it, that's what we want. We want to be able to fly good in real life. I don't care how good I can fly on the sim. we want real life performance, so those three can be key for that real life progression that's right,
2: and it's an attitude it's an you know you have to you have to take. You know, own it. Tell yourself, Dan, I'm going to learn this i mean i'm I'm serious, guys. We went from last weekend, Dan being concerned with circuits, and when he showed up, no concept of stick movements for flips. on thurs yeah. on Thursday night when he showed up, no concept, and by the end of the weekend, he is now consistently i mean like nine out of 10 times hitting the top half of it. And he's ready to move on to the bottom half. Ask yourself, when is the last time that you made that much progression? And if you can't remember, then maybe it's time for a little bit of crash course. And how did we get there? We got there with Sim. He hopped on the Sim to learn the stick movements. You have to, I mean, trying to learn new stick movements in real time is really tough when you're coming at something that you really don't have a concept I have of. have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Where, where the whole movement is unfamiliar to you. Sit down, do it on the sim. There are so many training to, uh, videos. Um, uh, heck, half the sims even have uh, these maneuvers that you can play. I remember like flight has got some of those. Mm-hmm. They're all over the place. So get a concept of the stick movements and start practicing on the sim. When you hit the field, damn it, fly. Fly. If you set a timer, set a 15-minute timer or, or a 10-minute timer for that matter. 15 minutes. How about that? I think that's reasonable, Jesse. Set a 15-minute yep. non-stop timer. Every time that timer goes off, you better be walking out to that flight line. No excuses, no matter what. With as many packs as you have, charging or whatever. And this is like if you fly by yourself and you find yourself thinking off, okay, I go get a couple flights. I get set a stinking timer, two hours out in the field. That's eight flights. I know a lot of people who that's two days worth of flying for them. And that's a reasonable pace. Jesse and I, when we go out, um, and I guess this can go back to the caller and the spotter, man, we bang it. I mean, dude,
3: we can probably each do six flights an hour.
2: Yep. We are, we are walking as he's coming in. I'm going out. I'm going out he's coming in. If not standing there, you know, slowly and quietly walking up behind the other person and ready to fly when they land. Yep. I mean, having everything plugged in,
3: literally like ready to go.
2: Yep. Ready to go charge 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 if you need to mix in a nitro flight or whatever you got to do keep that pace up because forcing yourself to do that pace and then getting out there and and combining that with a you know some sim my god you guys you will progress so freaking fast it's not even funny and you know the nice part about uh well let's let's break each of these down um a little bit now that we've kind of talked about you know, okay. At this point, I want all the listeners to be like, okay, I know which one of these I is going to fit my situation the best. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go grab Bob at the field because I, I I'm going to tell Bob that buddy boxing. Ask him if he'll buddy box, okay? Or get my bailout set up, um, or grab a buddy for a spotter, or hit the simulator, or whatever. So by now, you should have a plan with that. So let's let's break the individual ones down a little bit, Jesse um okay. buddy boxing i know one concern is that can you overuse it
3: can you get dependent on it what do you think honestly i th- so typically when you're i guess you could buddy box with your heli or with someone else's heli but i'm gonna have to say no i don't think that you can just because if you're truly using it as a training tool, you know, usually when I, because we used to buddy box in the past, hasn't been for a while, but when I was requesting a buddy box, it was a specific, it was for a specific purpose. It was either a specific maneuver. I was either stuck at a hurdle that I felt like personally, I just needed that little bit of extra confidence to get over. It wasn't an every single flight thing, multiple weeks, Hey, I'm not gonna go fly unless you're going to fly, because I need you to buddy box me, sort of thing. It was very purpose driven, so I think as long as you use it as a learning tool with specific goals and understanding, you know, how you're going to use it and what circumstances, you know, I would consider it to be appropriate. I don't think you're going to get addicted to it. I honestly think it's going to give you that edge and just that little bit of confidence to really get over that that. Um, to keep climbing again or get past that wall. Um, But with that being said, I think the one key to buddy boxing and making sure that you don't get dependent on it is once you feel confident and once you pull that maneuver off, go and do it by yourself. Once you have that bailout and you're confident that 10 times out of 10, even if I can't execute the maneuver perfectly, I know how I'm going to save it now because I've seen it enough times and I have that confidence from performing the maneuver that I'm no longer concerned. You know that crashing concern is gone, or very, very small.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think it can be overused. I think, I think one thing that you can do to kind of avoid that separate, we'll call it separation anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, don't have your last flight with your instructor mm-hmm. be on the buddy box. Do one or two at the, you know, so let's say you're going to buddy box the whole day. Take the last two flights of the day. Have them come out and stand with you. Still give you the verbal coaching. You're just not actually on the buddy box because sometimes just having someone there next to you. Yeah, you got it. No, no.
3: Little more. Little more of this. Yeah, there we go. Nice. Second set of eyes when the lighting's not. That's right. Hey, hey, your tail in. Yeah, no, your tail in or whatever.
2: That can be. The handover in confidence that you need to be like, see, you really don't need me. Because I think if you buddy box all day, buddy box all day, then you go home and the next time you go out and you fly by yourself, it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to try that. My buddy box partner's not here, you know. eh.
3: Yeah, I would say you don't want to make that the first time you're trying it by yourself. Just keep with that smooth transition. and Yeah no problem.
2: Now from a teacher's perspective, um I think if someone asks you to to be their kind of their buddy box instructor, something you need to be aware of it it is if you haven't done it before, it can be a little bit stressful. Um but it will get a lot better very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh I remember I, I'm going to throw kyle stacy under the bus so i was like oh yeah by the way you're gonna buddy box some people at their fun flight he's like i i dude i i never know no i don't do yeah. <laughs> and i'm like no 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 you're the freaking best pilot in the world right now what are you talking about he's like yeah i i've never well uh
3: okay and it, it's like it's- like these people are doing front flips and back flips <laughs> yeah and some circuits <laughs>
2: yeah, so it's a little intimidating um from a teacher's perspective in the beginning, but it, you get really comfortable with it. The key is communication, you know, lots of communication. Come up with your signals. Got it, Don't got it. That sort of a thing., um, you yeah. know, don't be afraid to take the model away if you lose it. if you if the helicopter's starting to come down and you don't feel one hundred percent confident in the way, you know, if it's going to get into a bad spot, just take it and avoid it. That's part of it. That is a part of the deal. Sorry, don't know if you had it or not. I didn't feel comfortable. Yeah, sure, no problem. The whole point is to avoid a crash. And another really big thing, mid stick, center point on your collective. Do not move your cyclic. <laughs> Don't fly all along the with them. Nothing. <laughs> you need to be, if you're going to be buddy boxing someone, you, I believe you need to be completely proficient with your upright flight. I mean, very proficient. All orientations. If you want to, get, you know, maximize your, your crash reduction risk. Um, and then, obviously, uh, all of your inverted orientations and that sort of a thing helps no. a lot.
3: But don't try and One. fly along. One thing I do want to point out is I also don't think you necessarily have to be a better pilot to buddy box someone. No, I don't think you have to be the better of the two pilots, Um, because a lot of times the person trying to learn the maneuver, you know, they just get so wrapped up into the move and your your brain just kind of gets jumbled when you lose it and you just can't quite process things fast enough and get caught up that as long as the person buddy boxing you is comfortable with all upright and inverted orientations, and they're maintaining that mid-stick, they're going to be able to save it because as soon as they take the helicopter back over, it's not going to be pirouing, and even if it's knife edge, they're going to know the orientation and be able to save it just because they're going to come at it with a clear mind instead of just having got confused and losing orientation in a maneuver.
2: Yep. All it takes, communication communication learn your buddy box system lots of ground testing when you're setting it up some systems are uh much more difficult than others i know spectrums is pretty easy you know we've been using the the v bar one with the v control and it's like stupid easy Mm -hmm. um so just know your radio system, practice on the ground, get it all set up with a receiver pack, you know, or, or on a six SBEC or something like that to where you don't have the risk of accidentally spooling it up, but just lots of communication. Now, Dan, are you there? I am here. All right. I want to know from the pilot's perspective, what do you feel about that?
0: Well, I want to talk about... <laughs> the overuse of buddy box and i i've been sitting here listening trying to think of how to approach this because although i agree almost 100 percent with you guys that you can't really overuse it i can just tell you this that there was a point during the day on sunday and and you know you're sitting there i was in the trailer and i'm just kind of thinking about shit and for no apparent reason, a thought ran through my head, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't read too much into it or or entertain it a whole lot. I was just curious that just randomly, this thought ran in my head, and the thought was, "Am I building uh, a crutch?" In other words, am I going to be able to go home and put the heli in the air and just kind of resume what we've been doing? And I, I. Haven't had a chance to to put that to the test yet. I'm pretty, I'm like ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure that that's not going to be an issue. But it was just curious to me that that thought crossed my mind, and I was just wondering, uh, I guess, kind of thinking out loud, could could that be an issue at some point? And and I think you guys are right, and I think Jesse nailed it uh, when it comes to, um using it for specific things. And, and to be honest, that's kind of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were actually tackling very specific things. We weren't just buddy boxing for the sake of, you know,
3: Hey, go fly around for a little bit. And catch you around if you the lose field.
0: Right. Yeah. So in that, and, and I think that's a good point. And I also think, uh, you know, what was different about our situation was I didn't have any of my own helis there. And I do believe that had I had my own helis there, that there would have been uh, less buddy boxing happening because I would have just been more uh, willing to risk my own stuff, right, as opposed to risking Nick's stuff. And that was kind of, I, I guess what I'm getting at is, I don't think that that, I wanted to acknowledge that that thought, my mind I don't think it plays anything into it but I, I can't help if I thought that somewhere along the lines somebody else is gonna think that and I, I think that if you consider it with what the guys just said you can dismiss it I mean because you're you're tackling very specific things you're taking the advice you're actually doing the last one or two flights by yourself those kind of things it'll, it'll let that kind of that thought go away. Yeah. And not necessarily have to worry about it.
2: Well, and I asked you too, because I'm aware of that. I mean, I asked you on Sunday, I was like, hey, do you, you know, if any point in here, like I can back off, you're more than welcome to just fly. And you said, you know, I'm not like, I feel like I'm past the point where I need you for like practicing this maneuver, but it's your stuff. Yes. So,
0: I want to give it every opportunity to come back from, in yeah, one Yeah, from that point,
2: I would be, <laughs> feel more comfortable for you buddy boxing, but I don't need you as a flight. Yes. You know, I mean, like if it has a problem, uh, let's say my equipment has a problem in the air, I am, you know, I would, it would be good for me to be able to take it over and be the one to botch the auto with it or whatever, you know. Yeah. Because then it's like, and that's, that's how it would have gone down. And that's what would have happened.
0: Right. So all that aside, um, the pilots, my perspective of, um, you know, it's, uh, it's very liberating and it's, it's, it's weird too, because, um, you know, like for an example, when we first started doing the buddy boxing, Nick would just say, do this. And I'd be like, ah, you know what I mean? It's like, and it's 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 tough to just let go with the understanding that someone's right there and he knows the maneuver you're going to try so he's got some heads up going into the maneuver because he's calling the maneuver right so he he can kind of maybe predict where things might go wrong based on how he's watched you fly for the last few minutes and someone's there and ready it's it's it was amazing to me how hard it was to let go of of that 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 mental state of like, I just don't know. I, I don't feel comfortable doing it that way. Well, it doesn't matter Yeah, if you feel comfortable. It doesn't. It, well, it, it simply doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I can tell you, and I can tell you this, what you will quickly learn is it, it doesn't matter if you don't feel comfortable. What you're going to quickly learn is that very soon it will feel comfortable doing it that direction. Yeah. Because it's, you know, one of the big issues I had, uh, and then Nick, and you know we mentioned it once already, and it was, I always had a tendency uh, to turn away from myself. Now, I could be 200 yards out, and I would still turn away from myself. Plenty of room to turn back into myself, but my comfort move, regardless of how far the helicopter was away, was to turn away from myself. Well, Nick brought it to my attention because I wasn't really thinking about it. It's just something that I've always done. Uh, once it was brought to my attention, um, I, I then, it's, it's like, okay, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that, but it doesn't matter. That, you know, that's, that's that whole getting over that. It, does, it just doesn't matter because there's somebody there. So pretty soon, you know, a half a flight of doing nothing but turning back into myself regardless, boom, there it was, and, you know? And it's funny because you pushing
2: yourself past your comfort zone... My reason for that, now I want you to be able to turn both directions, right? I mean that because we all know that being able to do things in both directions is is important. But the only time throughout that 30 flights over that weekend that you got yourself in a point of take it please. I don't got it, was because you were flying too far away. Yeah. And you were getting too far away because of that. So it was like, hey, wait a minute, I need you to get over this hurdle because when you get over this hurdle, you have just greatly reduced your crash risk on your own when you're at home. Quit flying it so far away. Well, I don't know how not to. Oh, turn to the left.
0: And see, and it's stuff like (laughs) that, especially when you're flying alone all the time. It's stuff like that, that you just do and it gets into your rhythm, it gets into your the way you fly, you just don't even think about it. You don't, I mean, it's like, you don't, you don't even realize that, wait a minute, there's a better way to accomplish this and not let the helicopter get so damn far out there, you know? And it's like, yeah, it seems simple. And it seems like, well, duh, you quite, you know, turn the other direction, turn it to, you know, but it's, it's that those little comfort hurdles that if you don't, and it just literally took one, First of all, Nick pointing it out, and then just a half a flight to me, just saying, "Well, yeah, let's just do it." And there, there it is. Yeah, you are
2: spending, you are easily spending probably sixty percent. And and this is another thing: if you want to maximize your stick time, you are spending sixty percent of your flight with the helicopter on and flying, resetting. So you would get you you try something. You'd bail back out of it. And then where you ended up, you were way out there. Yeah. And then it was, okay, hold on. You got to turn around, do your comfort thing to come back in and get all reset. So you were spending so much time resetting, whereas it was like, hey, wait a minute. Let's, let's figure out how to not let you get out so far where you increase your crash risk and reduce what you're doing uh, you know, during the flight and get, get to, uh, to making that flight more productive all around.
0: That you know, that, one thing that I've always l- liked about watching Jesse and 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 Nick and these guys fly and and Bobby Watt's style is that big smooth transition and and uh, some things were pointed out to me this past weekend that uh that kind of made me understand how all those transitions kind of come together um in, in essentially one maneuver mm-hmm. you know uh and one thing I did notice and I. I was really kind of struggling as we were trying to Nick if you remember we were, I was trying to I was asking I says man I just I just need to figure out a something that puts me in a tail in orientation that lets me execute this first half of the of the pirouette without it just being from a stationary position. And again that's just there's those comfort issues. Well, why don't you just bring it across the you know across from you and get the tail in and and just do it and just let it kind of happen over the course of you know, the, the 25 yards or however far it's it's coasting, you know, once you start the maneuver. But it's like, that's that whole comfort thing. And again, that's where the buddy box comes in. And and for the first time, uh, maybe hopefully, the, no, not the last time, but you guys probably won't hear me say this often. The sim was absolutely key into what I was able to get done on Sunday. Yeah. And that was just one yep. session of one hour, because see, I actually I was actually using the sim, I guess as it should have been used as a tool, as <laughs> a not, sim, and not a game, I guess. And it was very productive. And I, I find that when when you're going,
3: that focused on the sim, the time just absolutely flies by. When you're that determined on, you know, maybe it's one maneuver, maybe it's two or three, but when you really focus in and you are just Dedicated right to your soul to learn these maneuvers. That time just flies.
0: (laughs) Well, it did fly. And I got to tell you, I had my brain just not gone to mush (laughs) because I I literally was like I was starting to feel tired. Uh, Yeah, we tapped him out. And that's another
2: thing, too, um, that I'm really glad you brought that up. This is no different than running. This is no different than exercising. This is no different than any sort of other... I'm going to call it sport or activity. You build endurance. Don't expect to go straight out and bang 20 flights out in a day. I mean, um, my flight count used to be much higher, you know, but I don't fly as much as I used to. So now I'm down to about 15 flights and I start getting kind of tired. You know, and Dan, we hit your mark at about 15 flights. You could yeah. see your eyes kind of starting to just glass over a little bit, and you were you were starting to make mistakes that you wouldn't normally make.
0: The first time in a number of years that's happened to me. I mean, I do remember that happening um, back during the Cool Power Seven Hundred days. Um, but and it's the same thing with the sim. I don't think I've ever done that on the sim to where I just it wasn't that I didn't want to continue trying to nail that half flip, it's just that my brain was just like dude you're wasting your time you're you you, i mean you can't even enter this maneuver halfway right at this point it's just time to turn it turn it off Mm -hmm. and uh i kind of started feeling that way like uh when we hit that flight limit it's just like yeah i just uh it's like i'll you know it's like i just want to try one more time but it's like yeah i think i'll just Lazily fly around for a few minutes because I'm, I think I'm done. I think I've actually hit the limit of flying, which was a weird feeling and it was good. (laughs) It was a good (laughs) feeling. I mean, I just, uh, when I sit back and think about just this past week, this whole experience has just been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it's uh, after a few more weeks, I'm going to be consistently flying at a level that I probably never even thought. I was ever going to be at. So it's exciting for sure. From, from a pilot's perspective, buddy boxing was, it's it was a wonderful experience combined with the rest of the tools.
2: Yep. Don't think you can't do it overnight. That's what, uh, that's what I really want to, to just pound in, you know, don't think, well, Oh, I don't know if I've got this or got that. I mean, couple nights on the sim, couple days of flying in a weekend and maximizing that, what you're doing out at the field. And man, you can relight your own fire and you can really push and progress. Um, It does. If I mean, good, obviously good flying models. And in this, (laughs) Justin, I love you, man, but this is kind of the point that I was trying to get. I mean, you know, I know that Justin knows this. I know he knows this, but I saw that life sucked right out of him when the Nitro went in, you know, and spending gallons screwing around with motor tuning and all this. There was nothing more than I just wanted to hand him something and say, "God, damn it, just go fly." You know. So uh, not saying you can't do that with with Nitro. But I'm just saying, if this is what you need to do,
3: spend your money wisely. Think about which helicopter is where you put your money and where you're putting your time. Because the best helicopter that you
2: can have to progress with is the one that works every flight. Yep. Bam
0: hmm that was
2: no. deep, that was deep that was, that that was deep that's right. right there, man, yeah,
0: it's true Whoa. though,
2: oh dude,
4: that's
0: like Confucian deep there, man, yeah, yeah, just write that shit down somewhere
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I'll be here all week, <laughs>
0: it was a good week, man, it was uh I think it was a good experience uh, for both Nick and myself, I was feeling a little guilty to be honest with you. I was, I was like, geez, I really feel like I'm kind of monopolizing all of Nick's time out here. And, uh, it was kind of, uh, uh, it was strange. I mean, cause I didn't want to do that, but at the same time I was really wanting to take advantage of that opportunity. Cause it was huge. And, um, uh, leaps and bounds. It's, it's exciting stuff. Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens, uh, this summer, as far as uh, you know, a little extra free time to get some flying in. Well, and, uh,
2: Dan, one thing I can tell you that this, I mean, this has got to make you feel better. Sometimes when you're in like my position or, or Jesse's where we're at in our flying, it's really hard to get motivated to want to go learn something new. I mean, you you,
3: you It all start- month.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you start like, it's time to get out the chicken's feet and the, you know, the <laughs> snake's blood and all that to just try and find that <laughs> magical remedy to what's it going to take for me to learn something new. So while you say, well, I felt guilty for doing that. um, I can say that that was probably one of the biggest boosters on motivation for me. Because there's nothing better, you know. If you want to get better, surround yourself with people that are having that are getting better, and that
3: yeah, yeah. that want to get better as well.
2: And and seeing you progress so fast in a short amount of time makes me go, yeah. There's no reason I can't do that too. I know yeah. that I can do that. I've done it in the past. I have zero excuses on why I can't. So it. it you know, I came back after that weekend and was like, all right, this week, all during the week is get the mo- all the models back up and running, all tuned. And, man, I am pumped now because I saw what you did. So it's, it's say, very. It's it, contagious. It's very contagious. Yeah. So it's time for Nick. And especially, you know, here I've been just slowly practicing, slowly practicing. I was uh, on the nitro. It finally really hit doing those, uh, my pirouetting TikToks on the Nitro. Like that's, it's really hard to do a pirouetting TikTok. It's hard to do it on an electric, but to get it on a Nitro is like a huge confident booster because you just don't have the power to work with and you're moving a whole lot of sticks all at once. And so that one really hit for me, too, where it's like, oh, my gosh. And they were, like, on, and they felt great. And I was actually able to move them around. Like, to this weekend was the first weekend where they weren't always climbing and going away. I consciously stopped as it went to the right and slowly brought it over and then slowly brought it back down again. And so now I'm just sitting here like, can't wait till the weekend, can't wait till the weekend, let's go out and fly, let's go learn something, let's hit the yeah. sim, let's do it, baby, let's do it. So thank you, Dan, for giving me that opportunity to get motivated.
0: You know, the bill's in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fun. It was a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to doing it again in a few weeks. I'm pretty pumped about the 570. I mean, I um, like I said, I was looking for motors, and I pretty much, we got it all sorted out, and um man, I'm kind of excited about it. We'll get it going. And I have a feeling nice. that that's going to be, that's going to have a feeling that's going to be like a progression model for me.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, for sure, dude.
0: Yeah. So, cause I don't necessarily mind dealing with the six cell batteries and don't have to have a ton of them. And, uh, got the gassers to work on. And the yeah, gassers can, are going to help me with my collective management. You can just fly for
3: 15 minutes in between charges.
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, Freaking true, though. I mean, it, it is. Yeah, you I mean, really only times. need like two packs. I mean, yeah. seriously, two packs in a gasser, and you, two flights, one on
3: the gasser. Two you're flights, solid, bro. One like on the major gasser. solid.
2: <laughs> you wouldn't even need to charge. You could actually fly a five seventy flight and do like we did. Bring out two batteries with you. That was another thing, which by the way is fun. If you have a bunch of batteries and you don't need to wait, just bring them all out there with you. Because there was a couple times where you got, like, really dialed in on something, and then the timer went off. And I was like, you good back to back? Uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm running back as fast as I could, grabbing handfuls of packs, going back <laughs> out there. And I'm like, here, just keep going. Because I could tell, like, you are in it. You're in the groove. So if you're in the groove, man, don't let it go out of the groove.
0: Run with it. Stay
3: in the groove.
0: So, moving right along, we, uh, of course, we've got our fun fly coming up and we've got a, a call to action out there. Nick put a post up on Facebook. We are looking for someone who might want to do some video work. Nick, do you want to kind of give a, a little talk on what you're looking for there?
2: Every year I have done the video. Uh, it is something that I, I enjoy doing when I have time, but as the fun fly has gotten bigger, and bigger, our demands on what we are doing has gotten more and more. And it's just, I mean, it's its a lot for for people to do, a tremendous amount. Now, luckily, we have the help and support of uh, many, you know, awesome people. Ken, our wives, man, I want to talk about a big help there. The wives, Larry, I mean, all these guys that come out and, and help us and part of what i want to do in the coming you know as we go on with this fun fly is as it gets bigger and bigger and and we want it to grow and to get bigger is i want to keep the theme the same that it was in the very beginning which was it's all about the people and the pilots and you know i did something last year uh with the buddy boxing on the 570 and the 700 and yeah, I mean, hey, let's let's be honest. It was it was good for it was good for us to be able to have people to fly, you know, that they could get a chance to to fly my models, to to talk, tuning. Uh it, you know, hey, it's good for SAB people get to fly, you know, stuff that maybe they've never gotten an opportunity to fly, but it what it really taught me was, man, that's I love getting out there with the people. And talking and sitting down and being able to have time to throw my feet up at someone's bench and sit there and talk tuning and just let them rack your brain, you know. Uh, and as it's gotten busier, I've had less time to do that. And the video is something that to do it, you know, you you can't you can't help run a fun fly. And expect to go up and down the flight line and and do all of those things and put out a quality video. And and a quality video is important. We want to capture what the event is the best that we can. I mean, not we're not talking like Red Bull commercial here or anything, but you know, we we want we have standards that we we don't want to skimp on something. So we have standards. We do a little bit. they're, yeah. they're oh, low. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> But um, so, yeah, we're looking every time we turn around, we have people saying, hey, if there's anything we can do to help, let us know, you know, because of just the way that we've always done everything. It's very community based, volunteer based. So I'm actually asking for help for once. Um, uh, If there is anyone that if you have. um, I don't care if we put together a team um, of people working together or I don't care if, you know, you contact say, dude, I can own this. Like, I'll handle it. Done. You know, you can hop on our website, on our YouTube channel, on our Vimeo channel and see the past trailer videos there. I'm happy with those. That That's kind of the, you know, if you want to do a different style. Last year, Lottie did uh, uh, more of a documentary style. That was, man, it was awesome. I mean, an incredible video. This is one of those, uh, we just, I would love some help. I would love someone to take it and own it and or we'll help work together as a team and do it. Um, So, yeah, if it's something that you would be interested in doing, uh, maybe you have, maybe you have, you're working on starting a company. And you want to get that name out there, we will help get you some exposure. There's no question. You will get all the you'll get all the credit for this. Um Yeah. So uh send me an email at nick at com if it's something that you're interested in. Uh you know, if you have some examples of your work, that would be cool. Kind of ballpark on what your gear is. Don't think you need anything fancy. We can talk about stuff that I've used in the past or or whatever. But yeah, I'm open to anything. If you're interested, please let me know.
0: I've got a ni- or I've got one of those old eight millimeter reel to reels uh, cameras.
2: Yeah, that thing's probably seen some dirty, dirty footage.
0: It has, and it was, I think, in I think it was for like 1968. Mm-hmm. Is that good enough for you? Perfect. I don't think it has sound. Is that a problem?
2: We'll just hey, we, we we got <laughs> audio skills. Yeah,
3: some <laughs> music's uh, for
0: at the... Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. So that'd be cool. That would be really cool if we could get a little hand with that because that would uh take a lot of pressure off of uh of uh one of the aspects of the fun fly that we just really feel strongly about and that's to have a solid video. It just it does help a lot. Yeah. Yep. It's key. So, uh, I think maybe we should uh get some emails out of the way. What do you think?
3: Yes. Let's do it.
0: I want to get in touch with you, Nick. How would I do it?
2: You would send me an email at nick at com, or catch me on my Facebook page at NicklandRCHN. I've been dealing with a lot of people there, and it's been a great avenue for me. I actually feel like I'm
3: staying on top of that much better than email.
0: How about you, Jesse?
3: You could send me an email to jesse at com, or catch me on the Facebook
0: Almost called you Justin. Just habit, I guess. Yeah, sorry. Right. Getting old.
3: I'll let it go this time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rcnation dot Dan, you read on the forums and Facebook as well. Uh, speaking of Facebook, we have hit five K likes, baby. Yeah, nice. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive. You know what I mean? It is. We've
2: earned, we've uh, earned every one of those We have
0: <laughs> uh, If by chance You have not liked us on Facebook Please don't go do that, it's a great way to Kind of see what we're up to And uh, get some, uh, you know uh, Let you know when episodes come out Stuff like that And other little projects we're working on um, Also rcleanation.com Our webpage, looks fantastic uh, Thanks to Dude Man Larry For putting that together for us still looks good love it to death to death it's an incredible website uh tech tips various other articles there uh plus you can uh go back and check out very old episodes there too much easier to find uh with uh the way larry has put those together in the new website compared to the old days so it's much easier to find stuff I do think that about wraps it up, guys. This has been uh, episode 234. We're sure you've enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next Monday.
2: Get out there and fly, sissy ass. I eat it.
1: This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC, and is brought to you by Soko Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, BK Servos, Spartan Flybarless Systems, and Superiosity. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.